Hi, I'm Tom Griffith, and welcome to the Greater Formation and Power podcast. Here we'll discuss topics and practices that will help you deepen your intimacy with God the Father, exercise your authority in Jesus the Son, and move in the power of the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in God's truth and intimacy and power. We need all three strands working together in our lives because we believe that nothing else will actually do. Welcome today to the podcast, to our uh, Greater Formation and Power podcast. Today I'm particularly excited because I get the opportunity to interview one of my best friends in the world, and I get to do it with Andrea, who has helped me on other interviews, and so she is be rapidly becoming a better friend all the time. So before we get into things, let me open us in prayer. Father, thank you for this opportunity that we uh, live in, that you not only created us intentionally and uniquely, breathed life into our mother's wombs, but you placed us where we are placed in history, in locale, in every which way you've set us in our day. And because of that, we can sit in Massachusetts and Virginia and California at the same time and share thoughts of your kingdom. And we tell you, we invite you to highlight the kinds of things you want to highlight, to most uh, make it clear who you are, but also to equip us to follow you more intimately, more powerfully, more obediently. So toward that end, we ask, Holy Spirit, your involvement in our conversation, and that you would bless those who listen. In the authority of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Uh, so again, let me introduce the two people who will be with me today. If you've been listening to the podcast, you know Andrea St. Louis, and she's a coach and a writer, lives in the western part of Massachusetts in the city of Springfield area. And um, she's a mother, and she serves in her congregation, and in coaching particularly has a uh, coaching program that if you want to look into it, stepintopurpose.com, uh, step, step and the two is the number two, stepintopurpose.com. And uh, Andrea has completed her Master of Divinity recently and is pressing ahead with her life. And yay, well, thank, thank you again for helping me, Andrea. Very glad to be here. And I want to uh, also introduce uh, Rob Basham. And Rob is a friend of mine that we've known each other since the late 1990s. Uh, he showed up on our church doorstep one day. And uh, he and his wife, Jess, were fresh. I don't know if you were all the way out of seminary. You had a couple more weeks of something when you showed up. I don't remember. Um, and they had slept in the car that night, from, had come up from Nyack, New York, and uh, were in the service, a you know, small church that I was pastoring. And after the service, they said, we're going to go get married. Is that right? Get married and come back. And I'm like, sure. I had heard that kind of stuff lots of times. But um, 
Rob and Jess are people of perseverance and they showed back up and they showed up and the first year they were with us, um, I barely got to know them. Um, and we'll get into the story a little bit more, but over the next years got to know each other really well. And I feel like Rob, uh, outstripped anything I understood of ministry in a short time. And after they worked with uh, me, both of them were on staff with me for a few years. They went to the country of Jordan and worked there for 12 years and did incredible things of uh, opening ministry centers and coaching business things and English as a second language, helping impoverished women, um, connecting to the community, amazing kinds of things. And then over the last few years, they've come to uh, Salem, Oregon, where he's on staff at a church and uh, has started some things we'll get into also, uh, something called RTI, which is a college education that uh, program that they have um, and connects with the community. Massive things. So I am thrilled. Let me say it again. Excited to have Rob Basham here. So welcome, Rob. Thanks, Tom. It's good to be here. And uh, yeah, it's been fun to journey with you over the last 20 years. That's crazy. You know, this is year 21 or 22 of our relationship, and we have seen a lot together. And uh, yeah, it is good. So great to be here. Great to connect with you and Andrea. And uh, yeah. Well, in a little bit, we'll get more into those foundational years of us being together. But before that, again, as I've mentioned before, what we'd like to do in this podcast is uh, delve into really three streams of the church, one being the power stream, charismatic, Pentecostal, bringing down the things of heaven, the prophetic and the power of God. Uh, another being the truth stream, which is the evangelical church, which uh we've we're all part of and then also the contemplative or the spiritual formation stream and i'm convinced that a mature believer moves in all three of those unfortunately most people are locked in one stream or another and so this podcast is dedicated towards the maturation of our spiritual life that we would walk in all three of those streams so toward that end I'll ask you questions about your life and your formation. And in the process of that, Rob, lives will be changed. <laughs> May it be. <laughs> so <clears throat> how would you describe first so that people, I gave a description, but if you describe what are you doing now, what's going on in your life at this stage, what would you say? Yeah, I would say, um, Upon leaving 12 years in the Middle East, uh, we came back to, to America, and that's been an interesting cultural readjustment because America has changed quite a bit. And um, currently, I am the executive director of a college called Reach Training Institute. We're connected with another school called Crown College. We offer four-year degrees to people that are looking to be kingdom ambassadors, um, working in the nations, working in the neighborhoods. But our purpose is to create a four-year graduate that is debt-free and what we call field-ready, meaning that they're ready to sit for ordination. Um, I'm part of the Christian Missionary Alliance, so within the Alliance denomination, within other movements, um, so they receive licensing at the end of their sophomore year, and then they just 
they're doing ministry while they're in school, their junior and senior year. And we've got uh, three campuses going on the West Coast right now. Uh, our campus has over 40 students. So it's not a big, a big operation, but we are seeing some of our alumni being released into some cool ministries. We've been around for almost eight years um, and I've been here the last five. Uh, it really is, I think, in some ways, it's the future of education, the future of preparing the next generation of leaders. So I'm doing that. And at the same time, I'm also pastoring uh, a larger church uh, here on the West Coast. Salem is the capital city. And we have a church here, Salem Alliance Church. I'm the pastor of multiplication, and I'm involved in a lot of leadership here, uh, big into just seeing the kingdom come. Our our vision is to see Salem become a city at peace with God. And so um, I get to preach a lot. I get to teach a lot. Uh, it's it's a fun thing. We're a resourced church. I'm sitting in a community center that we built about 10 years ago. That's a four-floor community center with a full coffee shop. We've got social businesses, a big free medical care clinic, but we also created a lot of space that is just conference type space that the community comes in and rents and uses. So it's a place where we mix commerce and community and church life and um, fun place to be. God's doing some fun things out here. And uh, that's what I've been up to since I've been here. We're also doing work. I work a lot with um, refugee stuff. So we started uh, Salem for Refugees, which has now moved out and is now part of the world relief umbrella. And we're seeing we've settled 300 refugees in the last last four years here in Salem. And looks like we'll settle another two to 300 this year alone. A lot of Afghans coming. So God's just doing a lot of fun things here. Um, I love, you know, getting to talk because I love just these three streams coming together because I think you're so right seeing that in the classroom. And we'll get to a lot of that. But just the kingdom is not about the future when Christ returns and sets up his eternal thing. That is a huge thing. That's a big part of our hope. Um, but it's about the here and now. The kingdom of God is at hand. And so getting to preach that, getting to teach that to students and getting to live that out and basically just saying, hey, that's not right. That's not the way it's supposed to be in this city and um, trying to create change and uh, bring other people to create that change in the here and now is a big deal to me and a good number of people in our church. Not everyone's bought in, but uh, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, part of the reason I was hoping to get a chance to interview you at some point is one, I feel like you embody the three uh, strands. Two, your church seems to embody the three strands. And three, you've always had a practical understanding of ministry that has somewhat eluded me. <laughs> you know, so I have my kind of my little zone of coaching, and you have an ability to make practical sense and mobilize people. And you were, did that right out of the gun to make ministry practical and to connect to the community in a way that if you're not doing it, you know, I can only honestly imagine how frustrating it is for you to see the church at large that doesn't know how to do that because it seems to come naturally or supernaturally to you and your gifting. Um, and so, again, if you want to connect with Rob, you can find him at uh, SalemAlliance.org. Is that the website for your church? Uh, yes, I believe so. Yep. Yeah, just Google Sam Alliance Church in Oregon. You'll find me there. And yeah, I would love to connect with people. Yeah. Um, 
Well, let me go into the first stages of life uh, because that's that's significant. You know, as I get older, I realize the early years are more important than you ever think. They seem to get more and more important as you get older and older. And so um, how did you first come to faith? What was the setting? What was going on in life at that point? Yeah, I think um, in many ways, there's a general generational blessing on my family. And so I don't take that lightly. I just think I was blessed to grow up in a home where my parents um, not only declared that Jesus was Lord of their lives, but lived it out, um, as did my grandparents, as did my great-grandparents, who I got to know a little bit. Um, And so there was a generational blessing. My parents were in ministry. My father, um, well, they were, they were doing life early, early years that I remember very little of were in the Philippines. We moved around a lot. Uh, then we came back to America and uh, my father was a pastor. My mom did a lot as well. She went on and got a master's and then became a school teacher, but um, she was a huge minister. I mean, she was leading people to faith all over the place. And, um, in her life, when I was in junior high, she actually uh, dealt with um, pretty significant cancer uh, that should have taken her life, experienced the healing. And in that, I saw her counseling numerous people walking through dark times as well. I just had parents that modeled the kingdom really, really well. Um, my father was the same person when he was in public as he was in private. And he just had a joy on him that I'm still asking the Lord to give me because um, it was it was real and it was full. Um, and so I think the the biblical truth and the application of it, my parents modeled that really, really well. Uh, they definitely also knew the spirit, but that was often, I think the empowering of Holy Spirit in their lives was often, it was there for ministry, but it was there also for holy living. But it wasn't until I was in high school and I had my life pretty planned out as a driven person. I'm an Enneagram three, uh, though I got a lot of challenger in me. I'm an Enneagram three, so I got to get stuff done. And how I appear to people is a big deal. And um, that, that's so, why I actually had you and Andrea on, because you guys got that in common, too. I, when she came on, I knew right away. I mean, look, I mean. What we could accomplish together, Andrea. Listen, uh, Tom, could you move over? We got some stuff we want to. Yeah, just if just mute Tom, Andrea. Let's talk. Uh, yeah, and so um, I had stuff planned. I mean, I was, I knew where I was going to go to college. The in my end of my junior year, I had a pre med scholarship. I was going to play basketball. Life was planned out. I knew I had a call to the nations, but I wasn't going to be like a missionary. Uh, because what is that? And so I was just going to be a doctor that was successful, that did well. I grew up, I was in Jersey for my middle school and high school years, um, North Jersey, which I still think is probably my favorite place on earth. And um, yeah, just, uh, I had it planned out. I was going to go and serve, you know, a month, a year and give back. That was my tithe. Um, But I, I had my plan. But the summer before my senior year, I had an experience with the Holy spirit that just changed a lot of things. And it was, I was at this conference and we were supposed to go out and share our faith with people. And it was awkward. And I came back and there was these other high schoolers that had been doing it and they were just, they had something I didn't have. So didn't involve any adults. I went up to some other juniors and seniors and was like, you guys have something I don't have. And I want it because I'm a three. And uh, they said, yeah, it's, it's a filling of the Holy spirit. 
And so a group of like five or six high schoolers surrounded me and prayed over me and imparted the Holy Spirit into me. And it changed my life and uh, ended up changing where I went to school, ended up going to Nyack College where I was just formed. Um, the school is just an amazing school. You talk about these three streams. I saw those there. They were imparted to me. Um, uh, just friends from all over the world uh, because I went to Nyack was just taught to think um, the multicultural education that I got there as well. I grew up in that environment anyway, but just was just a beautiful thing. And so the the early years were incredibly um, formative and uh, that got me to, you know, I graduated NIAC and that's when I showed up on your doorstep. And, uh, but yeah. it's a bit of the early years. <laughs> well, the, um, you know, it's interesting too, because there are, sometimes people who grow up in a Christian home don't see what they got out of the deal. And as, as, again, as I grow older, I look and see that God's redemption in a family line often takes some generations. So, you know, you come, one generation comes to faith and that's a big deal. Uh, they still don't know, or, in, and my wife and I don't know how to build family. Well, it takes some generations to do that with your eye on the ball. You know, it doesn't just happen. It's not a magical thing. So, you do come from that. And I did know, you know, I did know your dad, who's not alive now, and know your mom. Um, and your dad did have that kind of joy. You know, he just carried it. Um, that is really significant stuff. Um, <clears throat> we started, and I want to press in on this one, and then we'll back off a little bit and see where we are. But um, what would you see other than your family? You described your family. You described really Nyack, um, were there any other spiritual growth influences or influencers that you'd like to share? And the reason that I want to do that, it's not really as much testimony. Uh, well, it is, but it's also that we recognize how God uses things to uh, inspire, impart, transform us. And so when we hear each other's story, I want to encourage listeners to even listen through those that lens of, okay, that's what went down there. What of that is relevant that I can receive? So anyway, um, are there any influences or influencers that you'd like to share? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, one, when I get asked this question and I'm not, you know, on a podcast with you, I would still, I generally lead with the great Tommy G. Um, you know, so we, we had five years in Boston and the bottom line is, you taught me about the kingdom of God uh, at a young age, um, though you didn't fully ever take me through your ministry training manual. It's still um, not too late. You know, <laughs> Andrew's going through it right now. It's still not. All right. It's, it's good stuff, Andrew. I've, tra I've translated that thing into Arabic and taken many people through it. I still use it with students here. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. But um, just the concept of spiritual warfare of proclamation prayer, intercessory prayer, um, the power of even just understanding how to take people through forgiveness, breaking generational ties, how to do deliverance work, how to um, 
you just taught me a lot about kingdom theology and the power of the Holy Spirit for ministry. And so I would say Tom is one of the biggest influences on my life. There are many more in my years in Boston. Uh, I, I was able to teach at Parkside Christian Academy there in Boston. And so got to know a lot of leaders in the Black Ministerial Alliance, getting to pray with people like Ray Hammond, um, you know, uh, Bishop Gilbert Thompson, Gideon, uh, other people. The Boston experience was a really powerful one. And then through other education, um, I went to UConn, got a humanitarian administration degree there, got a master's in that. That that was forming. But my doctoral work I did at NIAC at Alliance Theological Seminary. And there were different professors there that taught me a lot. One of them was Rob Reamer. Uh, he has a saying that really has impacted my life because I am such a driven, get it done person. He said this phrase one time, uh, God sometimes is saying to us that we need to seek his face, not just his hands. Because my relationship with God had become very much, how can we partner to accomplish stuff for the kingdom? And the intimacy aspect of it was lacking huge. And it's weird how that one saying of his has become a powerful thing in my life. And he imparted that. Um, another professor, Dr. Sherwood Lingenfelter, uh, he's been out at Fuller for years. He he talks a lot about the power of failure. And I had like an 11 day course with him where we just looked at our biggest failures over the last five years and literally acted them out and wrote scrolls of remembrance and talked about why we are afraid to fail, what we can learn from failure. And so he was just a huge influence in my life. And then um, being here in Salem, uh, just really a close friend that partnered with us some um, in Jordan, Steve Fowler. Um, he's a, he's a close friend. He is just a man of wisdom that also just knows how to move in these three streams. And uh, he's, he's taught me a lot. We are both visionary apostolic type people. And so getting to partner together on things. And also he's taught me a lot about the prophetic. Um, and so I would say I've been blessed to have just numerous people in my life that have have taught me taught me different things. I I love that um, learning about failure is a part of this journey because I don't think we talk enough about that um, with believers. Period. But even as we go into seminary, like we need need to have a whole class on don't be afraid to try and fail, <laughs> like because the the learning that happens there and and knowing that. Do you know that God can be in it and you still fail? Yes. Amen. I I learned more about myself in in that doctoral module. And I had already known a good bit about it. One of the books I recommend when people are like, what's the best book on, on leadership you've ever read? And Tom's been in, in vehicles with me in the Middle East when people ask me this question. I, I generally say the book Necessary Endings. Because we, we're so afraid to admit failure, and so we don't end things. And when you don't end things, it just drains. It drains organizations. It drains people. And we can't start things. And so I just think our fear, fear of failure keeps us from ending things. And uh, that's, that's sad. That's, 
<clears throat> yeah, our identity isn't in our accomplishments. So we as the church should be able to end things better than anybody. Well, I could let you two just talk about that as threes, that your identity is not what you accomplish now. You know, I'm ready to just kind of coach on both of you guys in relation to that. But that idea of really processing the failure or processing the end, you know, I think our tendency is if we can find the treasure of endings for beginnings, we still have a tendency to just do the thing and not process it. And the, the gold is in the processing, um, but it's the pain, you know, the, uh, as Andrea said, just be, because God's in it does not mean it will succeed as you imagine. As a matter of fact, it basically and hardly ever means that, right? He, he The prophetic, he gives you an image of what it's going to be, but when you're in it, it is never like that. When you look back at it, it looks like it is a there, there's a continuity that's very clear, but in it, not so much, you know. And um, so I, I think that's powerful. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> I had I had a feeling this might be the case. I'm going to break this into at least two uh, podcasts. So if you're able, Rob, I want you to come back. And what we're going to start with in the next one is the idea of where we just finished. Um, and I'd like you to share a couple of those failures or hardships in your life and either what you gained or lost or both. Um, you know, I think that Christians love to say, I, I went through this really bad thing, but what I got was this. And sometimes we go through this really bad thing. And honestly, what I lost is this, you know, so there's the reality of life that sometimes we can't grasp till we get to be in our sixties, but you guys are grasping so much more at earlier ages. So would you, um, what I'd like to do right now is I'm going to close this one in prayer. And on our next one, when you share, then at the end, I'm going to have you pray impartation over our listeners. Does that sound okay? Sounds good. Great. So <clears throat> Father, thank you for this opportunity just to, to hear some jewels of how your kingdom operates, that you operate through calling that supersedes even our natural desires as Rob wanted to impact nations, but had his way until you filled him in a, in a deeper, fuller, spiritual way. And that changed everything, changed the focus, changed the direction of his life. You used multi-generational faith that he could then stand on the shoulders of other people that he did not just in his family, but has learned to do that on other people's gifting and calling. That you used a number of people to call out bits of faith to give him places to stand that become memorable for the rest of his life. And so we ask that you would do that for us too. That we would be people of reflection, people who recognize the sources of impartation that you have for us along the way, that we could call them out, stand with them, and stand on them for the purposes that you have in our life. Toward that end, we pray in the name of Jesus. And so thank you again for tuning in to this podcast, but you will see another one that will be probably released at the same time, just didn't want to make it so long. Then we'll start with failure because that's always fun to start with. So have a great day. Tune back in when you're ready. Catch you soon. Bye-bye.